Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. chapter verse 38 says this now as they went on their way uh, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching but Martha was distracted someone say distracted with much serving she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered, he said, Martha, Martha, you know you're in trouble when he calls your name twice. You are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. That, that there, right there, I will go back and verse 41 says, Martha, you're anxious. You're troubled about many things. I want to talk from the topic today. The struggle is real. Will you just look at a few people through your mask before you're seated? Tell them the struggle is real. You may be seated. It's been a challenge for uh, parents trying to navigate this pandemic. Um, back in March, uh, we hoped that all of our kids would return back to school in the fall. The fall is here and COVID-19 is spreading more rapidly and parents are faced with the prospect of more months of distance learning. Um, the ramifications of in-school uh, school closures are big and parents struggle to return uh, to their paid jobs while children are suffering academically, socially, and emotionally. Um, all of this is true but in the midst of that, because parents need a break, many of them are opting for private school or for um, childcare, even though the prices are higher. But because they're in a situation where they're having to adjust their schedule longer than they had planned to, they're like, I just need a moment to get myself together. Students, on the other hand, are trying to get out of the house however they can. Safety is not as important as getting out of the house. They're tired of seeing the same people they've seen all this time, and they're ready to see their friends. On the other hand, there are businesses that are balancing um, new forms of trying to service people, and they're trying to recover many of them from many months of no service, or they're trying to be creative in the midst of a pandemic. On the other end, there are worshipers 
who are um, at a state with safety and distancing and streaming accessibilities being so available, um, it's so easy for people to stay home and view um, and be, do whatever they're doing uh, without connecting to the body. I don't know if any of you all struggled with it. I struggled with it. And for me, I even did, hey, Kiana. And for me, I even did um, the pre-recording broadcasting and the messages. And I preached uh, when the church was empty and nobody was in here and all that type of stuff. But even that was difficult. Um, but I did it because it's what we had to do. But I've learned that there are many people who have used, and please hear this really good because some people are going to dissect it no matter how I say it, but I'm going to say it as well. Some people have used this season to make excuses. What I've learned as a pastor is if you're really at home for safety reasons, I can tell through your language. Because if you're at home for safety reason, your faith doesn't diminish. But when you're not connected and I see that you're more messy in distancing there you were in fellowship, maybe your faith has not been growing in the midst of a pandemic. We're trying to learn how to protest safely. Um, I'm planning to go to an event tomorrow in Louisville that's we're trying to figure out how to protest safely. Uh, we're encouraging people to um, vote safely, um, not prolong voting, but vote safely. Somebody say in the room, I'm going to vote. Just somebody just go ahead and put that out there. I'm going to vote. Somebody say, it don't matter who you vote for. Well, it does matter. But just make sure that you vote <laughs> and that you vote as quickly as you can. Um, we're trying to do that safely. We're trying to engage with people safely. And though safety is real, what is equally real is the struggle attached to balancing all those things I just mentioned and other things that I haven't mentioned. I'm not glorifying the enemy and I'm not magnifying the struggle for those people who use saying the struggle is real as an option not to do anything. God is equally real in the midst of the struggle, but I do want to talk about what you might be struggling with. Somebody in the room just say, talk about it. And there are three areas that I want to talk about as it relates to what some of us have been struggling with. And it's going to sound like it doesn't apply to you, but three areas I want to talk about. One, many of you have been struggling with the savior. You've been struggling with silence and struggling with service. Three areas, the savior, some of you are like, I don't struggle with Jesus. We'll find out in a minute. Struggle with the savior, struggling with silence and struggling with your service. Let's, let's paint the picture of this text. When we go to, to verse 38, Jesus had just finished telling a story, uh, uh, Brandon, about the Good Samaritan. And after he finished this parable um, and talked about that, after he went through that, then he goes through. Um, he says, and they entered into a village. 
They, the word they is going to be very important as I paint this. They entered into a village and as they entered, they, they went the way Jesus entered into a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. They, they meaning everybody who was with them, they usually may could be a crowd as well as the disciples. They went their way. Jesus entered into a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. The first area that we struggle with often is the Savior. In that particular scripture, we see that Jesus entered into a village, but he entered the village with people. Uh, the woman named Martha welcomed him into our house. What is our area that we struggle with the Savior? The area that we struggle with the Savior is in staying connected to the Savior. You might have missed that. Let me read that scripture one more time. It says that many of them, it says that they went their way. Jesus entered into a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Many of us struggle with staying connected with Jesus. How do we struggle with being staying connected? Because a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. What that means is Jesus enters many places, but he's not always welcome where he enters. Jesus came into a city, but the woman welcomed him into her house. Jesus can indeed be in the church, but it's possible that he might not be in your heart. Jesus can actually be in the worship and in the music, but Jesus may not actually be invited into your character. Jesus showed up into a village, into an area, but a woman stayed. She wanted to connect with Jesus. I want to know, do we have anybody in this season who says, I just want to be connected to Jesus? There are a lot of people who want to be connected to people for perks. But I need to be connected to Jesus for purpose. Uh, when perks stop, I need purpose. I need to know why I'm here. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, I know the plans that I have for you. You don't know what the plans are because some people who are for you on Monday will not be for you on Tuesday. So I need somebody who will be there for me when everybody else walks away. I need purpose. I don't need perks. So the woman invited Jesus into her house. Uh, we used to, John P. Key used to sing the song, come in the house, come in the house. Jesus, you are welcome. Come in the house. Someone say, come in the house. We used to sing the song in the sanctified church, heist up your windows, open up your doors. I aged myself. I know y'all don't know nothing about that song. Oh, let them come on in. Somebody say, let them come on in. Let, let them come. On. I, I tell you, when you let them come on in, you'll forget about a boo. When you let them come on in, you won't be concerned about entanglements. When, when you let them come on in, you won't be concerned about attachments. When you will let them come on in, you'll want Jesus more than anything else. Martha said, he might not be here forever, but while he's here, I need him. <laughs> I need to stay connected. So the Savior, many of us struggle with him being connected. And then after that. What was difficult, it says they went their way. Jesus entered a village. A woman named Martha welcomed into our house. But not only that, is it difficult for many of us to stay connected? It's also difficult for us, once we're connected, to stay focused. It's one thing to receive Jesus in the house. I don't always have a problem with Jesus. But it's hard for me to focus on him 
when I realize that you are attached to other things. Jesus did not come to the house by himself. Jesus came with disciples. There are many of us who say, I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore. I'm, I'm worshiping right now. Just want what? Lord, I what? We love Jesus, but love to hate people. I can stay, I can, I, I want to be connected to him, but I'm not necessarily wanting to be connected to you. A lot of people say, I love Christ. I don't like Christians. <laughs> so many of us struggle not with just staying connected to Jesus, but many of us have trouble focusing and staying focused on Jesus. What I mean is, even when we used to sing this song, uh, don't exalt the preacher, don't exalt the pew. Uh, we sing, preach the gospel, simple, full, and free. Prove him. And you will not doubt the promise is true. I'll draw on me. What that means is when I fail you, focus on Jesus. People will fail you, but focus on Jesus. Church people are what they are. Messy. Focus on Jesus. Focus on him. Do not walk around saying I got church hurt. Once you got hurt, go back to Jesus who started the church. He will never fail you. He will never leave you. Church is a conglomeration of people who got issues, who got hurts, who got dramas, who cuss you out and want to speak in tongues. But focus on Christ. If her were here, she would say, can you focus on me? Somebody in the room say, focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. You have to focus on him because people will drop you and not think anything of it. But many of us struggle, but not just staying. Am I helping anybody not just staying connected to the Savior, but staying focused on the Savior? Well, another sister, verse 39 says, if I paint this picture, she said, another sister, she had a sister called Mary. Who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Uh, the next part we struggle in is we struggle with silence. Uh, many of us are busybodies. We don't know how to do as the prophet said, have a seat. She sat down and what her area of struggle many of us is, is silence in my mind. Uh, to calm my thoughts down, uh, to be able to get to a point where I can grab my thoughts and bring them before Jesus. Can I get anybody that can identify real quick that you're struggling with your thoughts right now or struggling with your mind? Some of you are sitting right in church. You're hearing me, but a part of you, there, there's the one side of you that's holy, another side of you that's righteous. You're trying to get your mind lined up right now. Can we be real in the house? I know some of y'all have been saved since you were six months, but the rest of us, we are still dealing with bringing my mind under subjection. Uh, maybe none of you are like Paul, but Paul said, I die daily. I'm working on something every single day. I might be good right now for the next 20 minutes, but meet me around three o'clock and I might not be the same anointed person that I am right now. To be real, the struggle is real. Somebody say it's real. I'm really working on my mind. Trying to think on Jesus, but I'm thinking about what I just did. Trying to think on Jesus, but I'm remembering some of my failures. Trying to think on Jesus, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to forget 
when I keep remembering the word for her being silent in her mind is a word called contemplative practice. I don't know if I gave y'all that word, but contemplative practice is a word that means I'm having deep thought or meditation. Um, I'm in a meditative state. I'm in a reflective state. Mary was in a, and some of you have to learn because some of y'all are reflecting, but you're not reflecting on Jesus. Some of y'all do have good uh, contemplative things, but you're not meditating on him. You're meditating on what, you know, you do know uh, there's, a, there's a scripture and I didn't, I didn't give this to them. Uh, but, but David said, he said, Lord, forgive me of my presumptuous sins. I had to look up that word presumptuous because those are for graduate level words. And I said, what is presumptuous? And the word presumptuous means things I do deliberately. Uh, for those of you who didn't graduate to know the word deliberate, it means things I intended to do. Uh, for those of you who don't know the word intended to do, it means I didn't slip in and I planned to do it. And there are many of us who plan, just like you plan your clothes, many of us plan to do mischief. And we have to ask the Lord, David's issue wasn't that he was not on, David's issue was not him being on the, on the balcony. David's issue was looking at something that didn't belong to him and thinking about that thing too long. And before he thought about it, he thought about it, contemplated on it, meditated on that thing, meditated on that opportunity, meditate on something. Because some of y'all say, I do meditate, and you do. And you've been meditating on that thing so long that you have devised a plan to make it work, and you think nobody knows. But as the old people say, your slip is showing. <laughs> Your habits are telling on you. <laughs> Your facial expression is telling on you. You know how somebody knows when you know when you're really guilty? When you don't worship. When you don't worship, that's how you're telling yourself. How? Because your guilt is telling its own story. But I want to give you hope in the midst of your guilt. There is therefore no, no condemnation to those who walk in Christ Jesus. I want to tell somebody, for those of you who are, who are being condemned in your thought, if you get in Christ, he won't remember what you've done. Somebody give God praise that he forgets. Somebody. Yeah. So she was struggling with the silence, as many of us struggle with the silence in our mind. So she sat, um, according to that time, the word sat or her sitting was synonymous with being seated beneath an instructor it meant that she wasn't just sitting down because she was tired she was sitting down because she wanted to be taught um i come from uh, I, I, I did raise i was raised missionary baptist and then when i got into 19 uh, 1920 i went into a more pentecostal charismatic experience if you can't tell um i went into that and in the the pentecostal church there is a constant um constant constant uh a habit to sit people down um every time you do something wrong and I, i'm still trying to figure out lord is how we always sit down the pregnant woman but never sit down the man I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out. 
we want the woman to be able to confess her sins, but we don't want the man to confess his sins. But last time I found out, uh, women don't pregnate themselves. But anyhow, but we always want to sit people down at now. Now, let me let me sweep around that because there are always people in the church who want to tell the pastor how to sit people down too. let me sweep around that. I've been preaching long enough to know some of y'all like, well, you ain't done nothing. You ain't either. I want to sit you down, but I just hadn't yet. But I'm saying we always have people we want to sit down. But in sitting them down, if you're not sitting them down to teach them, you're sitting them down just like you sit a player on the bench who's just going to get back in the game and be the person who messed up the team in the first place. But if you're going to sit somebody down, I'm sitting you down to teach you something, not sitting you down to make you feel guilty. I'm preaching. I'm, I know I'm preaching. And there are a lot of people who you sitting down like you're taking a break. This ain't about no break. Sit down at the feet of Jesus and learn something. So she sat down because perhaps Mary had some ways that need to be sat before Jesus. Perhaps Mary had some habits that needed to be set before Jesus. Perhaps Mary had some issues that needed to be set before Jesus. Well, somebody holler out the room and say, have a seat. Have, have a seat. My issues. Have a seat. My anger. Have a seat. My madness. Have a seat. My cussing. Have a seat. My drinking. Have a seat. Have a seat before Jesus. I just need to have a seat sometimes. Because if I don't have a seat, I might clock. If I don't have a seat, I might tell you how I really feel. If I, if I don't have a seat, I might show you I'm not as saved as I look. So sometimes I need to tell myself, have a seat. Have a little talk with Jesus. <laughs> tell him all about your troubles. He will hear your faintest cry. And he will answer by and by. Just when you feel a little prayer will turn. And you'll know the fire is burning. Somebody say, just a little talk. I feel like preaching. Oh, my, my, my. Oh, my. Oh, Jesus. Somebody have a seat. Ooh, get me out of there. Some of you got to have a seat. This is what's wrong with you. You've been standing too long. But some of you need to have a seat. You're a little bit too prideful. A little bit too, too arrogant. You're a little bit too, come on, Mama Tina Finley. You're a little suchy-muchy. You think too much of yourself. You need to have a seat and humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. And he will exalt you we don't preach bible no more but he will exalt you in due time somebody say have a seat ah mama mama all right Woo. all right good she had a seat all right oh sorry uh, all right Woo. i'll pay you, i could preach that have a seat for a minute because there's a lot of people you need to have a t-shirt that says have a seat you wouldn't be so wonderful if you would have a seat. You wouldn't think you're so great if you would have a seat. Because if there is any praise, if there is any glory, let it go to Calvary. Because for him to know me and still use me. Oh, y'all don't want to be real. If, if we knew half the stuff you were guilty of. And the fact that he still uses you. Everybody should give God a praise just because he looks beyond your faults and still sees your need. Uh, 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 I feel preachy, preachy, preachy. Uh, have a seat. Uh, 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 all right. 
All right. My nana. Some of y'all like y'all. Some of y'all like there ain't no praise in that. Yes, it is. Because when I sit before Jesus, when I sit there long enough, things that I couldn't get out of my system, sitting with him a little while, all of a sudden things I didn't think I could be delivered from, all of a sudden left my life. People I didn't think I could get over. I sat with him a little bit longer. And all of a sudden, all right, no. Ah, all right, all right. Ah, ah, all right, stop, stop. We ain't got a hammond yet. So I had a little talk with Jesus. Woo. If there's anybody, we, we, used to, we used to sing the song, we sing the song, Dr. Manuel. If you call on Jesus, he will answer prayers. If you call on Jesus, he will answer prayer. I want somebody in the room to just call out the name Jesus. Call out the name Jesus. Some of y'all real cool about like Jesus, 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 Jesus. But when you really need them, when you really desperate, you'll holler if you hear me. Somebody say Jesus. All right, all right. So, uh, uh, all right. So she sat. I didn't. I didn't see this message going this way. So, so she sat before Jesus. She had a sit in her mind sometimes you need to sit your thoughts down she had to sit in her mind and then the next thing uh, she had to get silence in her devotion Uh, uh, that's not a Baptist term the word devotion means uh, to be able to have intentional time with God Uh, Some of you have intentional time with Facebook and have intentional time with Snapchat and intentional time with Twitter and intentional time with Instagram and intentional time being screenshots and and sending messages. But some of you need to wake up and say early in the morning, thy face, O Lord, will I seek. We used to sing the song. uh, I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus we would say I'm walking and talking with my mind stayed on Jesus I know some of y'all saying my mind's telling me no but y'all need to make sure that your mind is stayed on Jesus I gotta have devotion Uh, Matthew 6 chapter verse 33 says seek first What I mean is before you have emails, seek first. Uh, Before you respond to text messages that came while you were asleep, seek first. Before you check to see what news uh, outlet has released the latest news, seek first. Because some of y'all are seeking second and not seeking first. Uh, Because what happens is if you check emails before you check prayer, you'll come to prayer burdened. Can I have a witness in the room? You'll look at a text message and it will shift your entire morning. Um, Some of y'all get up at five. Some of you get up at six. Some of y'all get up at nine. I don't know. Some of y'all get up at different times. But some of your habits have to be checked. Because you're you're checking in with the world before you check with the God of the world. This is going to sound rude, but whoever dies is going to stay dead until I get through praying. Whatever happened, it's still going to be there when I get through. Because for my journey ahead, I need Jesus. And if I don't check in with him, I can't promise you that today is going to be a good day. 
So I got to make sure that my devotion life, that I have silenced me before I talk to you. I have to silence myself before I talk to you. For some of y'all who say stuff like, well, the Lord knows my heart. He does. He knows it's wicked. That's the Bible. <laughs> he knows you. So that's why you have to have a David moment. As soon as you get up, created me. A clean heart. I know I asked you for it yesterday, but again, Lord, renew the right spirit. Somewhere in my dreams, something shifted. Renew. I heard something and I, I, I know, I don't even know what happened. I heard about before I went to sleep, but before I touch it, renew the right spirit. Somebody say in me. Somebody say in me. Uh, we used to sing the song. I know I'm quoting a lot of songs today. I guess I feel like it. And what we used to sing is me, oh Lord, standing. In the need of prayer. I wish you would get your mouth off of people and put yourself back in there. If you would focus more on him fixing you, you won't have time to worry about where I'm at. Let me get out of that. Brandon, help me. I got to get out of that. The word is devotion. Verse 40 says, let me go on. Verse 40 says, this is good to me. I got to go on. Verse 40 says, but Martha was distracted with church. I'm sorry. Hmm, my bad. But Martha was distracted with personal. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Martha was distracted with the worship. To no, 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 no. No, no. Martha was distracted as a music. No, it didn't say that. No, 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 no. Marsha, I'm excuse me. I said Marsha, Lord. Martha was distracted. You know, when you get distracted, you start calling the wrong people's name. You start talking to your lover and then you start calling them somebody who ain't even in your life no more. Excuse me. Martha. Was distracted with church work. She went up to him in the middle of Jesus teaching coach. In the middle of him. Because you know some people who have. Who people are distracted. They have no discipline of respect. So people who are distracted with their stuff. And their stuff is always more important than your stuff. Uh, when people are distracted with their drama, their drama is always going to be more important than your stuff. Uh, get so distracted that they have no discipline of respect for the order of the house. Jesus is teaching. Have no respect for it because I'm distracted with what I'm doing and that's really important. She barges in on Jesus. Many people love to barge in on unnecessary things that they have no business knowing and areas they have no business being and conversations they have no business being a part of and, and groups they have no association with. But they love to barge in. She had um, a struggle with service to others. 
<laughs> Martha, her issue was with others or, or two others had service. I uh, had an issue with service to others. She, this is the problem that you, know, you miss it. She had no issue serving Jesus. But she didn't want to serve the people that Jesus was attached to. I love coming to church, but I don't want to serve in the church. Oh, Lord. Y'all not shouting like you were. <laughs> I love soaking up what you give. But I have no intentions of being a part of anything because I love Jesus. I don't like to serve. So many people can stay at home right now and you can talk about everything we're doing in the house because you're not in the house. So you can watch and you can stream and you can say everything that we're doing that you think we should be doing better. But your problem is you're not helping. And, and we used to, my grandmama used to say, if you can't help, don't hurt. If you, if you can't help, you shouldn't be having private conversations about anything that you have not put your, 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 your help in. If you don't know how to help somebody be delivered, keep your mouth off of them. If you don't know how to help a single mother, keep your mouth off of them. If you hadn't bought no clothes for nobody and you don't like their outfit, keep your mouth shut. Because if you're not helping, you hurting. So her issue with her service to others, she had no issue with serving Jesus. But she was distracted because she thought uh, that a part of being Jesus, a part of being saved, a part of being his presence meant, this is where many of us mess up, Matt. We think it means being busy. So soon as I get connected, I got to be busy. I, I got to be doing things. And for some of you who are raised in churches, we had church Monday through Saturday. Monday through Friday, I know y'all part of a generation, y'all know nothing about that. But you had something going on, Monday night was a meeting, Tuesday night was Bible study, Wednesday night was something, Thursday night was something, Friday night was evangelistic service, Saturday morning was prayer, and then Sunday morning you had Sunday school, and, and then you had a meeting before Sunday school, and then you came to church, and then you went home, and you had uh, you got, got to eat, eat something real quick, or you didn't get to go home, so you went to Golden Corral, and everybody at the church was there, and y'all met each other at the buffet line, not now, y'all met each other, hey, hey, brother so-and-so, hey, sister so-and-so, and y'all ate all the nasty food and you did all this stuff and then you came back for a four o'clock service those of you who aren't racing that you don't know nothing about it don't, don't even know nothing about it came back to the four o'clock service uh half the church wasn't even there but you had to be there come on Jermaine you know <laughs> you had to be there when nobody else there but you had to be there they had a guest guest church and the, the guest church had three people And somebody would have to give the welcome. And then somebody would have to give the response to the welcome. Oh, y'all don't know church. You have to give a response to the welcome. But you were welcoming yourself because wasn't nobody else there but y'all. And some of us equate being a Christian with being busy. And you think you're more Christian because you're busy. You can actually be busy doing nothing. Busyness does not equate to productiveness. Just because you're busy and you're busy and just because you got a lot of stuff on your calendar doesn't mean that you're producing anything. So she was having an issue with service to others. She was distracted and she was agitated. 
She was so agitated that she busted in on Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? When you're agitated, you get agitated with your issue with service to others. And then you get agitated with your service with others. I'm trying. You get irritated. Because when you're agitated, all of a sudden things you would normally look over, now you magnify. So it's not really the other person. It's the fact that you're in an agitated state. I wish we had more people that would just say, you know what? I apologize. I would normally serve today, but I'm just not in the right spirit. And because I'm not in the right spirit, I probably should not be serving anybody right now. I hope it's not an inconvenience to the team, but my soul is more important than my service. To be able to say, I'm agitated. I'm not in the right state. Well, you know, we used to have people, Brandon, that used to have prayer services before church started. Used to walk into a room and you would see three or four people huddled up because somebody had a need that they need to cover right then. The pastor may not be preaching on it, but they say, sister, come on, come on, whatever, what's going on, what's happening, who did it, why? And they would pray immediately and they didn't get permission. There was an issue that needed to be covered and they covered it right then. When is the last time we had more prayer circles than mess circles? People who brought you into the room to cover you. People who brought you into the circle to say, what you tell me stays in this circle. You know why people don't want to come to church anymore? Because it's not safe. Y'all said, of course, the pandemic. No, I'm saying you the pandemic. Your mouth has diarrhea. Everything we tell you comes out of you. Everything I share with you comes out of you. Every person who has an issue comes out of you. So my secrets are not safe with you. So I can't come to church because I came to a place to get help and you hurt me. Because you don't have a gate on your mouth. Someone holler out, put a gate on it. I hope I ain't trying to hurt y'all. I want some of y'all to come back next week because I love looking at you right now. I love preaching every section. But I want to make sure that in the midst of your shout, in the midst of your church attendance, that you make sure that you put a gate on it. Because there are some people that are to be covered. Some people need covering. They don't need conversation. Let me tell you this for those of you who don't know. You don't counsel a demon. Some of you are trying to counsel a spirit. I'm not talking about counsel culture. I'm talking about a counselor. Some of y'all are having an uh, issue. I want to sit down and see what's going on with you. If you got an issue, you got a spirit, I speak to it and cast it out. I don't counsel it. And that's what's wrong with a lot of our churches. Our churches have become counseling centers when we need to be, we need more deliverance centers. We've counseled people and told you you're going to be okay, but you're not okay because you are a cancer hurting other people. And that's called a spirit.
we got quiet in the church, Lord. She said, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to come help me. She had an issue with others. But verse 41, 42 says, and I'm through with this right here. It says, but, but the Lord answered her. He said, Martha, Martha said it twice. He said, you're anxious, you're agitated and troubled about many things. But only one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away with her. Mary has learned to have service to God. Jesus was basically saying, he said, all you do is great. But in the words of evangelist Dr. Stacia Emanuel, that if you don't have Jesus in the mix, what in the world are we here for? What I do has to be for God. I don't want you to pat me on the back and say, you know what? You've shown up a good preacher. Great. But if my preaching is not to exalt Christ, then my preaching is in vain. If this stage is about me and not about God, then my stage is in vain. We used to sing the song, you could build great cathedrals, large and small. <laughs> but only what you do for Christ is what's going to last. Someone say only. Jesus was saying, I only needed one meal. Martha's going about, I wonder what Jesus wants. I wonder what he wants. Pass me them peas. Pass me this. Let me get ordained online as a pastor. No, sorry. <laughs> let, me get on, let me get on the worship team because you know the other church didn't let me sing. So let me get a part of that because I think that's what Jesus wants. Let, let me do this. Let, let me be a busy body. Let me just get connected to everything in every part of the church. Let, let me just be everywhere. Let me do whatever I can do because I just want to be busy. That's what Jesus wants. Jesus said, there's only one dish that I wanted at the table. Mary has chosen that dish. Where I don't see anything. I don't even see any food before you. He said, oh, I am the bread of life. <laughs> I ain't looking for your food. I am the food. She said, I, I, I don't see. Mary's not doing nothing but sitting. He said, she's fellowshipping with me. <laughs> what a fellowship. What a joy divine. Leaning on the ever. Uh, Y'all don't know what it means to lean. What it means to lean is, I'm, I'm, uh, 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 Gil, Pastor, come on here real quick. Y'all know what it means to lean. I'm, I'm through. I'm finished, King. I'm through. I'm through. Get me out of this. What it means to lean is to mean, turn, turn your back towards me. What it means to lean is to bear my weight upon. That means you can handle my weight. To fellowship with God is, can you handle my anxiety? Can you handle my issues? Can you handle my past? Can you handle my, my hurts? Oh, what a fellowship. What a joy divine. Knowing that he can handle my hurt. Knowing that he can handle my issues. And that he won't tell another soul about it. I got to lean on him. Somebody say lean on him. Somebody say lean on it. Some of y'all used to sing that song. Sometimes in our life. We know that there's 
And y'all want to lean on people. And people walk away, Gim. People will. As soon as you are too much, who told you to lean on them has disappeared. But Jesus, but Jesus left me. But Jesus will never leave you. It's too late now. It's over. Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. When Jesus told her, he says, what Mary has done will never be taken away from her. Your service, your busyness, just trying to be known will be taken away. It's going to go somewhere. But Mary's stuff, her time with me, coming before me. Laying before me will never, her service, your service will die with you. But my relationship with him will never be taken away. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at MyGrowthPoint. Until next time, keep growing.